Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Notes, your Utah Jazz podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Dave DeFore, and it would not be a Utah Jazz podcast without Tony Jones. What's up, Tony? I mean, it definitely wouldn't be one without me, but would it be one without you as well? Well, I think that there are a lot of other uh, there are a lot of other Utah Jazz podcasts that that don't have either one of us, but at the Athletic, it would be impossible to do one without Tony Jones. They used to do this one without me, so I think technically, yeah, it, it has to have Tony Jones, but not necessarily. Yeah, the day but before. you know what? I mean, since you took over, I mean, like Jazz Twitter just identifies with you, do they? and. Yeah, and you know it's only because, because I defend Rudy. It's only because I defend Rudy, and it's because and they call you David. Oh well, that we have one person to thank for that. But uh, I digress. <laughs> hey, look, the Jazz are eight and three right now. Uh, they dropped that game to the Heat over the weekend, but I, I think that the fight that they showed in coming back at the end of that game that was great to see. Um, not that not that we doubted that this team could do that, but. You know, it's important early in the year to kind of set that sort of tone. And, and Tony, I think that that comeback is why we saw them perform the way they did against Atlanta on Tuesday. And, um, you know, yeah, they dropped the stinker on Sunday to Orlando. Ignore that game. Those happen. They were so worked up and, and, you know, had put so much energy into that game Saturday against the Heat. Orlando game, it's almost a schedule loss. But that game against against the Hawks on Tuesday, it was huge for them. And, and I thought they looked fantastic, Tony. I thought they looked solid. I wouldn't go as far as to say fantastic. Oh, no, I the bench they, was – hang I on. All right, now, the bench looked great. The bench looked great on Tuesday. I thought, I thought, the, I thought the defense was, was really good. Um, you know, you hold a, a – albeit Atlanta was on a back-to-back and they're playing at altitude, um, and their legs died. Um, in the last 15 minutes. But, you know, the Jazz were were really good defensively, and I thought they were really good um, at defending um, Trey Young. And uh, even though Trey, you know, did some things, um, and Kevin Herter was really – Kevin Herter was fantastic. But, you know, the Jazz defended. They, 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 they defended really well. Like, listen, we've, we've talked – all we've talked so much about what they are offensively and, and like I think we're both in agreement that we're not worried about them offensively, right? Like it's no way. Make shots. Yeah. So we don't care if they're making shots and missing shots, if they're shooting 30% collectively, if they're doing whatever, you know, it's just about what they're doing defensively and what their rotations are. And I thought defensively they were they were pretty good. And I thought they've been really good. Um, for for much of this season, so um, I, I thought it was a good win um, on Thursday. Uh, we will have the first time this year in Game Twelve where the Utah Jazz are playing two consecutive games in the same city, um, and you know away we go in terms of uh, in terms of the Jazz having uh, their first extended you know home stand of the season. Yeah, well, before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit more about the defense on, on Tuesday night because there were some interesting things there. Number one, Rudy Gobert defending guards in space. We saw a little bit. We've seen it a little bit more this year. We saw him guarding Trey Young on the perimeter. Tony, I, I think that they they need to keep doing this. It, it looked pretty good. He looked comfortable. 
Well, I think one of the tweaks that you're seeing from Quinn Snyder is that um, we're going from the Jazz being uh, almost exclusively a drop big team to a team that that's switching up its coverages. So what you saw last night in, in the scheme last night was, okay, we're going to drop, 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 and then switch, right? All right, so let's explain this in layman's terms. Uh, Trey Young takes takes the screen. Rudy Gobert's job is to, to, to be up and, and, and hedge and take away uh, that initial three-point look and then drop into the paint as Trey Young probes um, with the dribble and keep dropping into the paint. And then when Trey Young does his Steve Nash search dribble under under the basket and 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 gets and and goes through and and restarts his attack, then you switch. Right? And then that leaves Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside on the switch. Now the the um the so the the deterrence to that or the object of that is to deter the initial three-point look deter uh, Trey Young's um, floater, which is he's got one of the best floater games in the league, deter the floater game. And then on top of that, um, make the switch. And then when you make the switch, instead of instead of the, gu- the guard recovering, uh, it takes two or three more seconds off the shot clock. And then boom, all of a sudden the Hawks are going uh, have to start a, another attack with about five or six left on the clock. And it worked beautifully. Um, you know, Trey Young got some stuff. Kevin Herter most notably got a lot of stuff. And the Hawks actually made a lot of threes. Um, but, you know, by the end of the game, um, you know, the extra, the, the extra dribbles, the, the, extra, um, the extra effort that it took, uh, to to restart attacks, it, it really got to Atlanta's legs. And then those shots that they were making in the first two and a half quarters uh, were, were, were really going dry um, towards the end of the game. You mentioned Hassan Whiteside there. I, I thought that, well, he's been pretty good for them to start the season. And not unexpectedly, he's fine in a limited role. But I think he's been he's exceeded expectations a little bit, uh, been able to hold up the defense when Rudy's not out there. But also, I like what he's bringing to the to the offense of some of these bench units. You know, he's got good touch around the basket. His offensive rebounding has been useful. Uh, setting nice screens, especially for Jordan Clarkson. H- Hassan is he's been a good addition so far, right? Yeah, I think you're underselling him. I think he's been there. You fantastic. go. I think he's been. Well, I've just hey, look. I've been through the yeah. Hassan Whiteside experience, and the second know, you start that's... to oversell. Dog. You just get the worst. Me too. But here's the thing. Like, me too. Like, me too. I've been through the Hassan Whiteside experience. I've watched I watched him in Sacramento. I watched him in Portland, even though he's a little bit more engaged in Portland. I watched him in Miami. And I always thought the exact same thing. Like, he puts up great stats. He doesn't help with winning. And, you know, you watch his pick and roll defense in in and some of these other places. And then now you're watching, I'm watching him now. And I'm like, if he had played like this in his prime defensively in terms of the pick being in pick and roll, this guy would have made some all-star teams. And I don't disagree with that. I mean, he's playing really, really well. And I actually think that the, 
the partnership between him and Eric Pascal has been pretty good. Uh, and I'm curious to see how much that continues when Rudy Gay comes back uh, and, and you know, what those minutes are going to look like. But the Jazz certainly feel like they are a more versatile team this year and somehow deeper. Very, they're, they're very much deeper and more, more versatile. Like, I, I think significantly so. Um, you know, and, and you know, I, I want to get on white side. So, what was it, three years ago? What, what was it, two years ago that mm-hmm. the Jazz brought in Ed Davis and Jeff Green? Yeah. And they didn't work. Like, they didn't work. You know, the Jazz won the offseason with those moves. Uh, along with, with, you know, obviously trading for Mike Conley and, and signing Boyan Bogdanovich um, in, in free agency, like they won the offseason. Um, and, you know, Jeff Green didn't work and Ed Davis didn't work. And the Jazz had non-Rudy minutes issues uh, for so much of that season. Uh, and you know, obviously that went a long way towards the end of their season because anytime that Rudy Gobert was off the floor, you know, the jazz would, would, you know, the jazz would bleed net rating. Let's just say they would bleed net rating. So, you know, this is the first time in, in, in Rudy Gobert's, um, in Rudy Gobert's career. And you guys know how, how much, how, how I feel about Derek Favors. Uh, but this is the first time in Rudy Gobert's career that, you know, there's there's another center on the roster that allows them to play the exact same style of basketball that they play with, with Rudy Gobert on the floor. And, you know, that continuity is huge. Like, yeah. you know, so you've got 48 minutes of, of a, a pretty dominant rim protector, uh, 48 minutes of, of dominant rebounding. Uh, and you know, not a, and it's really helping the defense, and it's helping, it's helping Donovan Mitchell in terms of, um, you know, being able to play with with Whiteside in a lot of lineups. Uh, it's just helping. He's just been, you know, an, an A plus signing so far. In your article at the Athletic that that went up on Wednesday, you mentioned how. The upcoming homestand, and, and I guess the current homestand now, because Tuesday night was the first of of 10 out of 12 games in a stretch at home. And, and this is huge for the Jazz because they are really, really good at home. They just don't lose a lot of games there. I don't know if it's altitude or it's just their role players are such high-level role players and they step up a little bit more at home. Maybe it's all of the above. But they've got nine of their next 11 at home no back-to-backs until after Thanksgiving, and uh, it seems and, like the Jazz and that could. Back after Thanksgiving is New Orleans. Oh yeah, so that should be two wins uh, theoretically, at least on paper. So this is a chance for Utah, while a bunch of other would-be contenders are scuffling, they can actually put some distance between themselves and the rest of the pack. It, it, it's kind of them and the Warriors right now with a good opportunity here to, to run away a little bit because we know that the first 20 games of the regular season are usually pretty, fairly indicative of the standings at the end of the season. So this is a hugely important stretch for the Jazz, but one that they should be ready to meet. You agree? 
So, I mean, it was the reason why, you know, um, remember when we went back through, when we went through the schedule at the end, at the beginning of the season, I said, you know, I think there's a chance that the Jazz start four and six or five and five. And if that happens, Jazz fans should not be worried because look at what's on the other side. And they started seven and three And it. You know, they started seven and three, you know, against uh, one of the toughest travel schedules in the league. Maybe I think there was one other team that played uh, their first 10 and 10 consecutive 10 different cities. Um, you know, so that was no doubt, you know, that, that's that's just hard to do. It's just hard to play 10, 10 straight games. Or 11 straight games, which is what the Jazz play. It's hard to play 11 straight games in different cities. Like, that's just very, very difficult. Um, so, you know, I thought that there was a chance that the Jazz would be 5-5 five and five or 4-6. Four and six. Uh, They'd lose some games that, you know, they, they wouldn't lose uh, under different circumstance. And, you know, and then, and then, you know, the schedule would pay it back. So that, that the Jazz finished that, that stretch 7-3. and three. And then, you know, got off to, to a good start in this stretch um, to go to eight and three. Then, yeah, I would be pretty encouraged uh, if I were a Jazz fan because as they, as the homestand persists, you know, you're going to get more comfortable, more and more comfortable at home. Uh, the, the, two, um, the two road games are against Sacramento and Oklahoma City. Uh, and, you know, neither one of those are on a back to back. Um, you know, so the, the Pacers are going to be in Denver, uh, on Wednesday night and then, you know, tail end of a back-to-back on Thursday in Utah, that's going to be really tough for them. Um, the Miami Heat are going to be in their third game in four nights by Saturday afternoon. Um, you know, after a back-to-back in Los Angeles and I, be- I don't know where, where their second game of that back-to-back is. I think it, um, it might be both Los Angeles teams. Um, and, and then, you know, that'll be your third game of four nights. And then on top of that, that's an afternoon game. So then you shave an extra four, you shave another four hours off. So, you know, the, and, and obviously uh, Philly's not going to have Joel and B. Um, yeah. So, you you, know, so yeah. A little bit of it's, a gift there, uh, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, you know, it's it's a it's a nice chance for the Jazz to to really uh, pile up some wins, um, which would be good for them because um, remember at the beginning of the year we were like, oh, you know, look at that December trip. That should be fine. It's Cleveland. It's it's Washington, <laughs> and, and all those yeah. teams look tough, man. The Cleveland <laughs> Cavaliers are tough, yeah. man. They are fun. I mean, Washington is number one in the East at this point. It's amazing. Um, uh, all right, well let's let's talk health a little bit because you know this is a team that it's a little bit older and, and a guy that we haven't seen yet, Rudy Gay. Uh, you got an update on him? I mean, he's expected to be a large part of their plans for the playoffs. We've yet to see it. What's his status? He's been medically cleared to take the next step in his. Um, return to play. So he's playing two on two and three on three. Uh, at this point, he will be uh, evaluated again uh, on Monday. Uh, I, I, I am told that if that evaluation goes well, he can ramp up uh, to, to fours and fives. Um, you know, so uh, he's right on schedule to where the Jazz uh, wanted him to be in 
you know, I, I would, you know, this is, this is purely, um, this, this part is purely me just guessing. Um, but I'm guessing that, you know, if everything goes well with the ramp ups and everything that, that, you know, he can, he can be, I mean, he can be back sometime before Christmas. How does the team feel about Joe Ingles minutes? Do do they, are they still trying to get those down? Uh, Well, if they're not, they should be, Um, you know, he, he, you know, Joe hasn't looked fresh this year. Um, And, you know, uh, I do the, not the thing that I am seeing is his usage is down um, from, from where it normally is. Um, So he's not taking, uh, so, you know, even if the minutes are up, um, the, the, um, the effort in the minutes is, is down because he doesn't have the ball in his hands as much. Um, but, you know, I, I would, I mean, you know, just from where I sit, I would almost put him in, in the Mike Conley, um, um, situation in terms of not playing him on both ends of back to backs. It's a little different with Joe because Joe will fight you to play. And, you know, he's just a guy that loves to play basketball. And I understand where the Jazz are coming from in terms of uh, Joe, uh, because if you sit Mike in back-to-backs, then you you need Joe's playmaking uh, so much uh, to, to, to really be able to, to have some continuity between lineups. Because if you don't have Joe out there, then – which you have is just a little bit too much uh, to um, a, a little bit too much on Donovan Mitchell. So, yeah, well, at a certain point, you, I mean, you got to have players, right? Like you can't set yeah, everybody on back to back. So you're, you're probably looking at a situation where they're going to have to stagger the rest a little bit. And, and maybe it's not necessarily back to backs, but maybe it's like two or three games in a row, right? Like a, get a guy a couple of games off here and there, and, and mm-hmm. then hope that that, that rest sort of adds up. I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is, this is the trickiest part about having a team that's, I, I hate to call it aging, but every team technically is. Uh, this team, especially with the way it depends on Conley and, and Ingles for their playmaking off the ball uh, w- with Donovan in their best lineups. Yeah, you're, you're right. That's, that's going to be tricky for them to sort out for the rest of the season. This is why Rudy Gay needs to come back. Well, I was just about to make that point. You get Rudy Gay back, and all of a sudden, Eric Pascal is is now your tenth guy, and then now you can, you know, you can start resting guys in the front court because you know that Eric Pascal could step in and play twenty minutes a night. Like you, like you know that now. Like he's been, you didn't know that at the beginning of the season, but he's more than proven that he can step in and and be a member of, uh, of the rotation on any any night that you need. It. Yeah, every um, single time you get to add an actual NBA body to your roster, it's a yeah. good thing. And especially for a team, you know, that has these aspirations that that Utah has. This isn't about April and May. This is literally about getting you to April and May with those guys having logged as few miles as possible while having the best success you can. And yeah, Rudy Gay, I, look, he is going to be a game changer for them, not just from a, a, a you know, depth perspective but style of play I'm really interested to see what this team is going to look like with a bunch of guards and and a couple of wings and Rudy Gay at the five that they have some real potential here for disruptive offense I think well I I wrote that in my story like I mean if 
if the Rudy Gay that, or maybe I tweeted it, but if the Rudy Gay that shows up for the Jazz is the Rudy Gay that's been playing the last two years, the, that played the last two years for the San Antonio Spurs, then, you know, that's a potential game changer for the ceiling of this group because he was really good. Like, if you go back and look at uh, those last two years with the Spurs, um, he was so good. And, you know, what people don't talk about is that he was really good defensively as well. But, you know, he was re- he was still good enough offensively last last year um, that, you know, even with DeMar DeRozan on the roster, um, Greg Popovich was going to him at the end of games and putting the ball in his hands at the end of games. Um, you know, so, you know, he played 236 minutes last year at, at, at the center spot. Uh, so, you know, he can play the five. Um, you know, he can, you know, he can, uh, play the four and defend the four. Uh, you know, that he can play the three offensively, like he can still play the three offensively. Uh, I'm not sure if he can defend threes. Um, but he, you know, he's, he had a really good year defensively last year. Uh, he's making, um, he's, he's, you know, raised his ceiling in terms of three point shooting. And he's still really good off the dribble in terms of, you know, being able to to create for to, to to create shots in ISO situations. And I think Donovan Mitchell needs that. Like I think Donovan needs uh, a front court guy uh, that you know he could put the ball in his hands and and he can he can go ahead and ISO. They do that a little bit with Boyan, but it's mostly pin down screens. And if they go to him at ISO, it's it's more of a back to the basket thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Rudy Gay, you can give him the ball on the wings and you can clear out and he can go into, you know, a five, six dribble series and, and create a really good shot. Yeah. And, and you can also have Donovan Mitchell and Conley running split cuts off the elbow with him. And it's a guy who can put the ball on the floor. He can step out and reset the offense. I mean, it's just going to, it's going to add to the tool bag for them, which is important because we know if you want to win a title, you have to be versatile. Tony, you got anything else before we wrap up? Let's look at the the week ahead. What are we looking at? We're looking I mean, at- look, they're they're going to be at home, Tony. That that to me is the is the big thing about this team and that for this team. Still mean they can't lose basketball games. Well, of course, they just don't drop a lot of games at home, Tony. And, and so they've got the Pacers who who are struggling. They've got another big game a week apart. They've got the the Miami Heat on Saturday and then the Sixers on Tuesday, as you mentioned, with no Embiid. And look, I I think that. They should beat Miami at home. They should beat the Pacers. And no Embiid, they should beat the Sixers. They should win these next three games. You feel pretty confident there? I would probably favor them in the next three games. I, yeah. I'm interested in the Heat game. I think the Heat game is going to be a good one. I mean, look, man, that that game lived up. I, I was, I, I really that enjoyed that fan. game. That was, it was a so fun. Game. It was so fun, game. man. And it was, you know, the physicality, like the, we'll, we'll talk about the refereeing a lot this year, but the, the physical play that has bothered Utah in the past from teams like Miami, you could see the Jazz sort of just steal themselves a little bit against it in that comeback. And I want to see if they can avoid getting pushed out of their comfort zone early in that game on Saturday because they they let that happen last week. I want to see, will they come in with the proper mindset to avoid that that first half uh, Miami Heat sort of rush where they come in and it's like, we're going to foul you early, often, and all the time? 
can can Utah just come out dominate bell to bell? That's what I want to see out of them because that's what champions do. And if this is a team that wants to be taken seriously now as a championship contender, which maybe they don't care about, I care. I'd like to see it. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know one of those things. I mean, Mike Conley mentioned it uh, yesterday, but you know, the Jazz have have yet to. Um, kind of put together a full game. Um, I thought they got close with with Atlanta on Tuesday, um, you know, but, you know, the Hawks made runs and, you know, so, I mean, they were close to a, a pretty full game on Tuesday. Um, um, you know, and, and maybe they played well because, you know, Donovan and, and Royce and Hassan and, and Jordan Clarkson, they all went to, they all wanted to, to go and see Jack Harlow, uh, the Jack, the Jack Harlow in concert uh, after that game. So, um, you know, so may, maybe they wanted to go ahead and play well and put that game out of reach. So, so Quinn wouldn't have them running gassers after the game or something like that. So, um, but, you know, I mean, before that game, you know, Mike Conley said, hey, we haven't put together a full game. We know this. And we know that we need to put together a full game. You know, so I, I think, you know, that's the 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 goal um, in this next week. You know, just keep stacking together good days, good practices, good shoot arounds, good games. Um, you know, try to get the shooting back on track, even though, you know, you're not worried about the shooting. Um, but, you know, it's the first time this year that they can, can get get into a pretty consistent routine uh, at home. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Well, we just put together a full podcast, Tony. How about that? Hey, listen. There you go. This is what we do. One foot in front of the other. Guys, everybody go follow Tony on the Athletic app or the website so you get notifications when he drops a new story because you know Tony Jones is a must-read, right? You get notifications for this podcast when you follow it on the app or if you subscribe on Overcast or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen. Until next week, for Tony Jones, I'm Dave DeFore. This has been Game Notes 